Hey everybody, Liam here. Just wanted to announce that we have officially surpassed our goal of 250 followers on Twitter. We are so excited. We thank you guys so much for liking, retweeting, getting us to that mark. But more importantly, now that we're at 250, we are officially now giving away a copy of the Almost Gotham card game, of course, inspired by the legendary Batman the Animated Series episode. You can win that card game for free if you just follow these simple steps. You go to our Twitter account, at DCAU Review. You'll see our pinned tweet right at the top of that page. You like that tweet. You retweet that tweet. And then you reply to that tweet with the secret word. And, of course, that secret word is, and if you've been listening for a while, you already know, the secret word is Martian. So you like our pin tweet, you retweet our pin tweet, and you reply to that tweet with, of course, the secret word, Martian. You do those simple steps, and you're already entered to win. And then from there, we will be announcing our winner. So thank you so much for following us on Twitter and for listening. And make sure you follow those steps, and you will be entered to win a copy for free of the Almost Gotham card game. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 48 of the DCAU Review. I'm your host, Cal, and alongside me, as always, is the DCAU Review Twitter guru, Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 48 of the DCAU Review. Yep, we're in a new month now. It is, of course, the month of April, and as we discussed a couple of weeks ago where we're doing something fun here we are in officially the 80th anniversary year of batman as we mentioned before Mm -hmm. and we thought to celebrate that since just the other day march 30th was in fact uh batman's 80th birthday for the entire month of uh april we thought we'd celebrate batman but with a little bit of a twist this time. Absolutely. So we've done a lot of Batman the Animated Series thus far, and we're looking forward to getting back into that in the near, oh, not, yeah. too, not too near future. Uh, but for this month, we figured, hey, let's explore some of the Elseworlds, the other animation out there, some of the other Batman animated series, if you will. And we figured we'd start with, uh, actually, a movie tie-in also. Yes. It just happens to happens to play perfectly into what is uh, a, a certain film that is debuting uh, this very week, and that being the next film in the worlds of DC Universe, that being Shazam. Yeah, we uh, we covered uh, Enemy Below right around when Aquaman came out, and now we're talking about Shazam. The episode we're reviewing is the Batman and the Brave and the Bold episode entitled The Power of Shazam. It's a it's a big old uh, Captain Marvel origin story. We get his origins. They explain who the Wizard of Shazam is. You get a lot of uh, you know you get appearances from probably his two most famous villains of Doctor Savannah and Black Adam here. So it's a lot. And we were talking about this, and we can kind of jump into plot here. Is even though these plots aren't necessarily always super intricate on this Brave and the Bold show, it's a great like cor- like a one hundred and one course. For the DC Universe, and this is a great example of taking Captain Marvel, or as he's now known, Shazam, because there's another character called Captain Marvel who had a movie recently. Yeah, right. Um, He's always going to be Captain Marvel to me, but anyway. uh, (laughs) Hashtag hashtag my captain. Yes. Oh, Captain, my captain. But anyway... But they so this this plot is basically... uh, It's it's pretty simple. Dr. Savannah wants to... 
uh, free Black Adam so that they can get to the Wizard Shazam, as it turns out at the end, so that Savannah himself can get the power of Shazam. So it's not super complicated. So it's but the 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 middle part of the episode is sort of filled in with uh, sort of who Billy Batson is. He's living in an orphanage. He's very lonely. He's kind of getting picked on. And also you have, uh, you know, this other side of all this, you know, this wizard Shazam who chooses mere mortals and gives them these, these incredible powers and, and all this stuff. So it's a lot of lore that is jammed into this and it's a, it's a fun watch. Yeah. I, I think we, we talked, so we've covered one previous Batman Brave and the Bold episode and that was right around Christmas. We had the, was it the attack of the secret Santa's? Invasion of the Invasion secret Santa's. Uh, and uh, I, that was my first exposure to Batman Brave and the Bold. And so this being the second time I've seen an episode from this, I really, really enjoy just the general idea behind the show. I enjoy the 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 spirit of the show. Yeah. I, I really love the fact that they can bring in all these additional superheroes. You're working with Batman. It's something that you can sit there, you can watch for 22 minutes, you can enjoy. It's mostly self-contained, yeah. um, as, as we know. I, I think you alluded that they do have some overarching stories that kind of come in in certain parts of the series itself. But most of it is self-contained. And like you said, it is a great introduction if you've never, like, if you don't know a lot about uh, Shazam, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. If you don't know a lot about his villain, who he is, and you want to kind of brush up on something before you go go to the movie and to kind of give you some background this is this is a good introduction to that or maybe you just want to want more of Captain Marvel uh, I, I think that this is this is good for that with that said because you're looking at it at a with a critical eye yeah. I think that the storyline is a little bit convoluted which it is <laughs> it's supposed to be it's a it's a throwback right. we talked about that in the the episode we reviewed before these are stories that are sort of homages to the Silver Age yes, Batman, uh, which was very sci-fi and wacky and zany and goofy. Yes. And you think in, in those storylines, it, it was a little more off the wall, whereas not not as grounded in reality, clearly, or even gra- as serious as, as the more modern-day comics are. Uh, so for that reason, it's a little bit of a, of a, of a change in... In what we're used to, I would say definitely. Um, I, I think because of that, and honestly, I, I I appreciate the story, but I feel like it's convoluted in a way that they didn't need to involve. I appreciate that they involved Black Adam. They didn't really need to involve him. It, it it's not really revealed until the very last scene that Savannah's ultimate goal was just to do all this to get the power of Shazam, which is a nice little reveal. But it's a long winding road to get there. And you have this underlying sort of super serious tone that we talked about sort of upset the last episode that we watched. Yeah. With Billy Batson, who's just feeling lonely. He's he's an orphan. He doesn't have family. He sees Black Adam with the, the symbol on his chest, and he starts longing for a family. So you have to, this weird balance of zany, off the wall, and Dr. Savannah is voiced by somebody, <laughs> we'll talk about her voice acting, it's just completely ridiculous, yes. it's off the wall So very super friends right, so it, it's, it's a weird tough balance because of that it's not bad, I actually enjoyed it, but it, looking at it in the critical eye, I gave it a 6 Six out of ten for plot. What about you? yeah, I went, I went 6 out of 10 <laughs> as well it's good, it's fun but yes, you, you almost probably could have skipped right, like you could have just introduced the episode with Black Adam and Sivana already teaming up. Right. Like, the stuff where they had, uh, you know, Black Adam 
exiled to another world. And part of that, I guess, is because they wanted to tell the story that uh, Billy wasn't familiar with who Captain uh, with who uh, Black Adam is. Right. So that that is part of the story. I understand why they went that route, but because you had to do this sort of like five minutes of like uh, very convoluted where. He traps uh, Captain Marvel slash Shazam inside of a, a radio tower so that he can so that he'll call uh, the word Shazam and he can capture some of the lightning, which he then uses to call Black Adam home. And yeah, I didn't quite. Get, yeah, I think yeah, it could have been it could have been streamlined a little bit, but yeah, overall still uh, still a good bit of fun to be had here. Agreed. All right, let's move on to our animation, Liam. Um, I th- so. I'll let you talk about animation first. Um, thoughts, thoughts, on, thoughts on animation? <laughs> yeah, when we talk about animation and visuals, uh, I, the, the Dr. Savannah character model is interesting, and it's it's, it's very much his original, uh, like, 19, 1940s uh, Wiz Comics look. He's got mm-hmm. the really pointed ears and mm-hmm. the, the jagged teeth that sort of stick out of his mouth. He's got... Those t- tiny spectacles. Yes, he's got two kids who... Uh, <laughs> Look like him in wigs. Like, a spitting I was, image. I was waiting for them to say like they're his clones or something, but I don't, I don't think they ever actually say that. Maybe that's sort of implied. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought that's that's kind of a, a weird design. Uh, uh, there's Black Adam who looks a whole lot like Spock from Star Trek. He's got the the really pointed ears and sort of the the short black hair um, with the sort of the widow's peak. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a cool design. I like I like Black Adam's look mm-hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Captain Marvel himself again looks like he just stepped stepped out of one of the uh, you know a, a Silver Age comic right there, a Golden Age comic. So uh, I thought the the visuals of it, the character designs are all are all well done. Um, there's not a ton of like super visually interesting things that happen though. It's a lot of punching. Sure. Um, so that I thought I, I gave visual seven out of ten. I think it's good, uh, but not great. I think it's it's solid and it's strong. And some of the imagery when they get to like the Rock of Eternity or when they're in sort of the the, the middle realm where with the, the the statues of the seven the seven deadly enemies of man as they <laughs> referred to them in the episode. <laughs> they couldn't say sin. Apparently, um, I thought there's there's some fun stuff there, and and I, like I said, I like the look of a lot of the of the characters and stuff, but. The action itself is kind of, uh, I wouldn't say toothless necessarily, but not super uh, enthralling either. It is a lot of punching, granted. Um, I I actually, so I love, I I mean, like I said, the second episode that I've seen, I love the animation style that they chose to go with this. Uh, It's enough, it's familiar enough with the DCAU, but it also remains true to the source material in that like you said, Billy Batson looks exactly like he stepped off the pages. That's what he looks like in the his first appearance with the real tiny beady eyes. Yeah. With no whites around them. You know, Captain Marvel when he turns into you know, he says Shazam he turns into Captain Marvel several times you have the the look where you can't really see his eyes. It mm-hmm. it's really, really good. I love the animation style. I love how true to the original sort of drawings and 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 uh, appearances these guys had i went with a perfect score 10 out of 10 for wow. animation i love the animation style here i i think you're right i think I, you you know i i could have been nitpicky with it and but my initial gut was just i i love the way these characters look i love the way that they're drawn and i love the fact that they're they're true to the original source material that's awesome 
All right, so let's talk about music, Liam. Um, I'm not going to lie. I had very little, <laughs> if anything, written down for music. I think uh, last time we got our jail, Get Out of Jail free card, we were able to talk about the uh, theme song a little bit. Yes. Uh, this time, I, I did notice it a little bit. Mm-hmm. There were During the fight scenes, there was a couple, especially in the, in the climax, there was some music in the background. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's background music. <laughs> yeah, there's there's also some some scenes at the orphanage. There's like some sad piano music that's playing. That sort of it does add to the to the mood that they're going for. And there's a nice little bit at the end when uh, uh, Batman introduces uh, Billy to uh, his twin sister Mary, who of course would be Mary Marvel in the comics later on. Spoiler um, alert! Spoiler alert for <laughs> sixty-year-old comics. But um, yeah, so they and uh, there's a nice little bit of music there as 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 Billy finally Billy gets his happy ending and gets his uh, you know adoption. He gets his adoption. He gets he gets to have a family after all this time, and uh, it, it put a nice little bow on the episode. And the music there, I think, helped that as well. So uh, yeah, I went five out of ten. Solid. Nothing <laughs> wrong with it, but not. A lot of it stood out either. Yeah, I, I have the exact same score. Five, <laughs> five out of ten. And it, it's not... There's nothing that stands out as negative. I, I'm struggling to think because we've, we've had episodes so far where I don't... I'd be curious to see if we've ever given music anything lower than a five. There because be some fours or threes in there, but nothing... Because it's almost like music has to be a detriment or distracting right. to a point. I and think, I, uh, yeah. Like, so I, I would be curious to know because, like, maybe if they did an entire episode of acoustic guitar like, <laughs> from Batman Beyond, yeah, that you hate from Batman <laughs> Beyond so much. Maybe uh, that's a good call. I, I I don't know. It may have been the Justice League. Maybe just because of expectations, like you expect there to be music in, in certain places, and there isn't. That that would be a reason to give it a lower score. But I I, I don't think we've had a reason yet to give it a, a bad score, yeah. like a negative score. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, last but not least, Liam, we are moving right along here. We can head to our voice acting. Why don't we talk a little about about this? It's been a while since we talked about the voice actors for Brave and the Bold. So, uh, who are our players today? Well, the number one is, of course, you have uh, Diedrich Bader as as Batman. Um, once again, kind of in, as same in the other episode. He's kind of he's not a big like it's much more focused on Captain Marvel than it is on. Batman here. Correct. So his job is more to just sort of show up and throw out some one-liners and sort of be more of a, like a mentor figure to, to Billy Batson. But um, does a solid job. Again, as you mentioned, with, with the visuals of it, he really does fit like this era type of Batman. Agreed. Really perfectly. Um, it's uh, it's always going to be a little weird when you hear a non-Kevin Conroy uh, voice actor uh speak uh, uh when when you see batman speak but uh, i think he does a great job for again for for this show being the the love letter to silver age comics that it is i think he's a great uh, a great batman for that uh just recently he came back they did the batman the brave and the bold and meets scooby-doo movie which oh, really? uh, is yes yeah, a, a throwback to the batman meets scooby-doo movie of the uh of the 60s uh That's back in the day so Still, still gets to to play Batman occasionally. I believe he's also voicing Batman on the new uh, DC Super uh, Supergirls uh, superhero girls. Oh, okay. Uh, cartoon that's just premiered on Cartoon Network recently. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, still uh, still get, gets around. Still gets to voice uh, Batman, and of course he was uh, an actor on the on the Drew Carey show, and 
uh, using Napoleon Dynamite and uh, you know pretty pretty uh, pretty. Uh, was he on whose line is it anyway? At some point too. I I probably, would bet right? he was probably. I, I yeah I might. I think everybody that was <laughs> friends with Drew Carey ended up on that show for at least you know a few episodes, but probably. He does a great job. So anyway, we have a uh, we have Jeff Bennett as uh, as Captain Marvel, who most famously, at least for us, was the voice of one Johnny Bravo yes. on the uh, the the aptly titled Johnny Bravo cartoon of, of the '90s and perhaps early 2000s. My favorite of those Cartoon Network original cartoons, cartoon cartoons. Yes, the cartoon cartoons that I think Johnny Bravo. It's a close race between Johnny Bravo and Dexter's Laboratory. Oh sure. But uh, one, maybe one in one A there. But <laughs> love, love me some Johnny Bravo. Yeah, that's a that's a really fun little era of Cartoon Network where you had a, you had like Johnny Bravo, and it was sort of like this. That Johnny Bravo feels like the bridge gapper between like the Cow and Chicken era, and then the Ed, Ed and Eddie era. Correct. Like and and so and Powerpuff Girls and stuff like that. So it's yeah, but we heard that voice and we're like, man, we know we've heard that voice a hundred times, right? Where's this? But guy? we couldn't exactly place it. And then yeah, we we do a little research and there it was. Uh, thanks IMDb. Thanks IMDb. You make uh, <laughs> you make doing research for these shows very easy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought that was fun. And he's a again perfect for a for this version of Captain Marvel. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 solid. He plays the innocent. Man, child, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, or child, man. I don't know. It's, mm. hmm. Man, child, child, man, something like that. Anyway, yeah, he he plays that role very well. But very like very like upright, uh, you know, hands on your hips superhero type, like just just perfect for it. Agreed. Um, and we have we have John DiMaggio as Black Adam. Does a good job. Um, John DiMaggio probably most famously played. Uh, Plays uh, Bender on Futurama. Mm-hmm. Uh, he voiced the Joker in the Under the Red Hood movie. On on Brave and the Bold, though, he's most known for voicing Aquaman, okay. who was probably one of the more uh, beloved characters uh, that was featured on the show okay. uh, regularly. Uh, his portrayal was sort of very over the top, silly, uh, uh, full of himself, King King <laughs> Aquaman. Uh, it's it's quite a bit of fun. We'll definitely do a, an Aquaman themed. Uh, episode down the road from Brave and the Bold, but, uh, yeah, here he's playing, uh, Black Adam, and he, he does a, a fine job, he's more of just, again, more of a menacing villain type here, mm-hmm. uh, is, uh, you know, angry that the wizard Shazam banished him, and is, is sort of kind of taking advantage of Captain Marvel's hesitation, and that, that comes through in his performance, I think, I think he does a good job. I agree. Um, and then we have, uh, Jim Paddock, who's, uh, just sort of a, a you know, a well-known, uh, character actor throughout the years uh he played both the wizard shazam and uh dr sivana okay um that's interesting yeah he does uh, he again very super friends as we mentioned oh, yeah. uh from the character design to the voice acting just evil scientist number five <laughs> type of voice here um but yeah again for everything we've already mentioned we don't want to repeat ourselves too much but he does a solid job of being that type of villain absolutely and it's it's pretty hilarious when he uh well the ending of the episode we didn't mention this in plot but is batman kind of uh mixy spitlicks him (laughs) and uh, mispronounces shazam's name so he gets savannah to shout shazam which depowers him and you knew yeah. it was like you knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Like you could you could see exactly where Batman was going to go with it, mm-hmm. and you're just waiting for it. And he does it, and it it's everything you yep. wanted it to it's, be. It's pretty great. Uh, yeah, again, the back and forth there between uh, G- Dietrich Bader and, and Jim Paddock is good. And then uh, the last voice actor, or excuse me, voice actress of note, 
Uh, Tara Strong, who you, you may have heard of once or twice. Maybe once or twice in the uh, CAU. Yes, of course. Uh, of voice. And other... other And uh, a trillion other cartoons. Right. Uh, has voiced, uh, you know, she was a voice of Timmy Turner on The Fairly Odd Parents. Of course, in the DCAU, she voices uh, Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also done the voice of Harley Quinn in a couple of the Arkham games, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, some of the animated features as well. So uh, just, I mean, one of the... If you, if you know any voice actors' names and you're not giant nerds like us, you probably know Tara Strong's name. Yeah. She was she was on Powerpuff Girls. She was on My Little Pony. Like she's done every, almost every Teen Titans. Teen, she was Raven on Teen Titans, of course, um, and Teen Titans Go. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's uh, so she's good. She gets to play the young uh, Billy Batson when he's not uh, powered up as Captain Marvel. She also voices uh, the Savannah daughter, <laughs> and and she voices uh, Mary Marvel at the end as well. So. Multi roles, uh, yeah. Uh, much like a Corey Burton, uh, she is. Uh, she whenever she is called on, she's going to be called on to do probably three or four voices in every episode she's in. Speaking of Corey Burton, that was the reason I ended up giving. So I gave voice acting a seven out of ten. It's solid, and uh, I can tell you may have given a similar <laughs> exact score for Maybe. that. Uh, but my reasoning um, for it is because I I missed Corey Burton in this episode. I wanted a Corey Burton, whether he I, he should have been either the Wizard or he should have been Doctor Savannah or something. Like he he Corey Burton deserves. <laughs> I feel like this show is just made for Corey Burton to be a voice mm-hmm. uh, in every episode. And we we noted he does Red Tornado's voice, obviously, right. in the previous episode that we covered. And it just seemed seemed just empty without at least one Corey Burton appearance here. Yeah, we were almost expecting his voice to come out of the, the Wizard Shazam's voice or something, but mm-hmm. didn't happen. So that's, yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> my, my voice score, also uh, 7 out of 10 here, um, which I guess can bring us to our final scores. Yes, sir. All right, so my final score uh, is going to be 28 out of 40. And mine is uh, right in that ballpark, 25 out of 40. Uh, again, it's weird sort of scoring these the way we score the other uh, you know, mainstream DCAU cartoons because some of them are meant to be more like, like we said, educational for the you know DC Universe 101. Some of them are meant to be uh, you know, a little more serious and or, or more epic and adventurous. So it's just a different type of show. So scoring these even though this is only a mid twenty score, I think I think if, as you've heard us talk for the last uh, twenty minutes or so, uh, still a really enjoyable ride. Absolutely, check it out. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You can watch it on the DC Universe streaming service. We don't get paid for this, by the way. We're yeah. just giving free plugs out for people who want them um, or don't need them. We would accept payment, though. Hey, DC we are we are for hire. Absolutely. If you want to put bride. us on the DC Universe Network, let's do it. Let's, hey, sure, sure. We don't even. I mean, I don't know that we can discuss compensation. Yeah. That's fine. Um, no, but seriously, check it out. It's a great episode, especially if you just want to get some background or some additional Captain Marvel. And you, uh, we also did saw that there's like three or four more additional. Yes. I think you said episodes on Brave and the Bold involving Captain Marvel. So slash Shazam, if you want to call him that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think that wraps us up for this week's episode. Thanks for checking us out. Be sure to send us some feedback. We'd love to hear uh, more about feedback on last week's episode with Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Your thoughts on that. Your thoughts versus our thoughts. Uh, what were your first uh, responses and, and uh, how, how have you en- 
enjoyed that. Also, we'd love to get, hear your thoughts on this episode. If you've seen this episode of Brave and the Bold and the Shazam movie uh, coming out, if you've oh, seen it yeah. yet, uh, or if you know if you've yet to see it, we'd love to hear your thoughts once it comes out. Liam, any any closing thoughts? Yeah, just uh, as we said at the top of the show, we're going to be looking at Elseworlds Batman all month long. Oh yeah, and we're going to have some fun with that. We're going to go through a couple different shows. Look for a couple different interpretations of the character that has uh, has lasted as much as, uh, of course, our favorite will always be the DCAU version. It is fun to take a little break, take a little detour as we are celebrating his 80th anniversary. Detective Comics number 1000 just recently came out, and uh, you know it's fun to take a look at the history of, of this character that's impacted pop culture in a lot of different ways. But uh, particularly for us, obviously, it's. You know, his appearances in animation are, are what we hold probably most dear, so... We wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for that. <laughs> Quite obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Goodbye.